0: this cast may be unsuitable for the elderly, small children and work colleagues. So plug those earphones in and enjoy.
1: Hello and welcome to Back to the Future Hammer, a Warhammer 6th edition fantasy battle podcast. I'm one of your hosts James and tonight I'm joined by my co-hosts, John. Hello. And confusingly, John. Also hello. So, for the purposes of this podcast, I think we're going to go with uh, John P for tonight, which is the second John, and then just John for the uh, the first one. So, tonight's podcast, we're going to do a bit of an introduction. This is more of an episode zero than a first proper episode. We're going to have a bit of a chat about why we've decided to play 6th edition. Um, we're going to talk about uh, the tournament that we're going to, which is the primary reason we decided to play 6th edition. Um, and then we're going to talk a bit about the armies that we're going to be playing. And um, just have a general chat, and then we'll probably come back with a, a proper first episode in a couple of weeks' time when I've had a chance to edit this and have a play. So, guys, I suppose the first question is well, we'll start with John P. Why have you decided to play Warhammer 6th edition?
2: Uh, why have I started to play 6th? Um, we're going to an event in March called uh, Bringing Back 6th Edition, um, and we've played as a group quite a lot of old square based fantasy. Um, I myself have two armies sat in a box with square bases still. So for me, it's a good excuse to dig those out and put them on the table. Um, at the minute, it is my old 1998 era Chaos Dwarves, and I have a fairly sizable um, High Elf army. Yeah, it's just get some old models out. Play some games and get ready for an event.
1: Sounds good to me. It's um, pretty much why I've decided to do it as well. To be honest, I think it'll be uh, be nice to get some of the square basing out of back again and playing some more of that. So, uh, John, what about you? Why have you decided to jump back into playing some square base fantasy?
0: Well, so, uh, unlike you two who were players of Warhammer from many editions past, I jumped in at eighth edition and I played with the lizard men, and they were an army I loved to play and I enjoyed the game, but. Unfortunately for me, although not for yourselves so much, when Age of Sigma happened, the armies got shelved as I didn't quite gel with the game and the Sound of Silence regularly played as I was looking at them fondly. And when yourself, James, uh, put the tournament information up for us in, the gr- in a group chat, I thought, you know what, this is a great chance for me to use the models again, but brush the dust off and have some square base action my Lizards or possibly Chaos Warriors, but I don't think I've quite got the right kind of uh, army for 6th edition. I have to have a quick look at the army book. I've th- decided it would be a great idea to play some Square Base. We can have some old memories come back and make some new ones.
1: I think one of the things we do just want to say at this point is this not going to be a uh, Let's All Bash Age of Sigmar podcast. I know me and John P play Age of Sigmar and they've got a couple of armies each for it and quite enjoy the game to be honest um other john i know you're not so keen on it but it's uh you know there's no point having a podcast where we just talk to you about how naff a game is because or how crap a game is because it's just you know it's not good to listen to so uh, that's not what we're going to do here um i just wanted to get that out of the way early doors this is going to be a firmly old world featured podcast not the world that was so uh, next up, I think we just want to talk a quick little bit about the armies that we're taking. So I know, John, you've just been saying that you're playing your Lizardmen. Um, how have you found looking at the, the six edition army books for the Lizardmen? What what were your thoughts at the moment? Um, aside from having some sort of beating
0: with a sock on the number of points everything costs in comparison to what I'm used to with 8th edition, like Saurus Warriors costing 14 points with a spear in comparison to, I believe it was either 11 or 12, and the, all the upgrades being sort of 30 points minimum just for anything that was half decent in terms of sort of magic items and riding cavalry mounts. It's, it's been quite interesting and the change difference of trying to do slots rather than percentage points for the overall, um, core, sort of core special and rare slots. And whilst I am a little bit sad, I can't do a party slam priest go shazamming magic everywhere, at everyone, or riding an old blood on carnosaur into battle. Uh, it's been quite an interesting little e- exercise and so far I've come up with the sort of combat lizard lists um, ignoring magic because my initial impression of the magic was for Lizardmen was uh, take it or leave it rather than I need this so we'll, we'll, we'll see how it evolves.
1: Have you got much of a choice of doing anything but combat Lizardmen at the moment? Uh,
0: I could take skink priests but I just keep looking at them and for the points and what i get out of it and then it makes it a bit of a vulnerable target i, I just don't think it's worth it for me over just taking something like two scar vets and running on them at people with big scary great weapons and backing them up with something equally scary for them to be hidden in
1: um yeah, I sort of get that. I've done, although to, I've I have been debating whether or not I was going to take a, a wizard myself, but I've just spent a whole weekend painting up Bella so I'm, I'm definitely taking a scroll caddy of some sort now in the list just because I want to use that model. Um, so I've got to paint up some uh, light cavalry for her to ride about with as well now. But I, I'm, I'm I'm taking one because the model's cool, and that's pretty much the end of my thought process on it. So um, I'm taking Dogs of War. Um, I've been collecting the Army now for since about 2010, I think was when I brought the first models for it. Um, slowly picking up bits and pieces, as and when I see them. Because uh, they're not the cheapest models to get hold of even now. And they certainly weren't, even when you could buy the like Workshop Direct. So, I've got a decent collection. Um, some of my they are missing pikes, so I'm, uh, I'm, I'm in the middle of casting up some of those, just with a bit of green stuff and some brass rod to replace those. But I'm looking forward to get them on the table finally after collecting them for eight years. And nothing better than a bit of square base to do with it. I don't think. So, what about you, John? Although I bet you're uh, probably considering about eight different armies at the moment. Well, it's
2: not a, it's not me at tournament time unless I consider eight um, new armies before breakfast. Um, yeah, uh, I've kind of settled on Chaos for now. I mean, I ran them at some events as combat chaos dwarves using the legion of asgore list um, but that was certainly 8th edition so i can't do that at the minute i'm edging towards um because i'm using the glorious glorious ravaging hordes army list um i buy dwarves for 9 points um fully tall up dwarves cap out at about 10 or 12 points um so i'm certainly going to have the numbers advantage over the uh, the lizards um but i'm looking at several fighty blocks uh, currently looking at one block of dwarves with great weapons, block of dwarves with blunderbuss, couple of 20 to 25 strong blobs of hobgoblins, and then another 20 or so, uh, 20 to 40 orcs on top. Just spam models that cost between 5 to 10 points each, and then... Overrun the table in big blocks.
1: And of course, the fucking Black Gem of Nah.
2: I haven't taken the Black Gem of Nah yet. <laughs> Although, that one time, that one time. <laughs>
1: yet. I like the fact that it's yet you haven't decided to break out the film.
2: Okay, so for, uh, for people who
1: aren't um, even remotely, uh, which is
2: probably most, well, very few of our listeners, but most, most casual people, the Black Gem of Nah is a holdover from the first incarnation of Chaos Dwarves in what we now know as Warhammer. And it's a magic item that is just, it's the biggest dick move known to man. Uh, You activate it during the combat phase, either player's combat phase, after challenges are declared. Both models are placed into stasis for the entire combat phase, and then immediately come out of it without striking any blows as combat resolution is calculated. So you can put a 25-point Hobgoblin hero in a unit of dwarves, hand him a 30-point magic item, the Black Gem of nah, A Chaos Lord, or Archeon himself, can run into that combat unit, challenge out this goblin, and do absolutely nothing before losing on combat res. And there's nothing
1: your opponent can do about it completely obnoxious item.
2: <laughs> it is only a one one-trick pony, but generally when a thousand-point model and his five hundred-point bus unit have ran into a thirty you know, a massive combat block, they're gonna be relying on the kills and the overkill from that challenge to to win the combat. So whereas you get you should be getting like plus five overkill from that combat and then the damage that the chaos knights would do. You're not, you're just getting the damage from the Chaos Knights versus the plus five or four or five static combat res from your dwarf block, or worse, a 25 block of hobgoblins can generate a static res of like four quite happily. And you just watch as this chaos unit runs away from <laughs> this, 150 points of gobbos.
0: This just sounds like the ultimate item that just needs the Russian troll lololol singer to playing as soon as you activate it. It
2: pretty much
0: is. <laughs> As I say, it is it is heart of woe level bullshit.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's pretty obnoxious, isn't it? I, I'm not looking forward to you deciding to take it. I have to say, John, when you inevitably do, because well, why wouldn't you? Although that being said, it is a, supposed to be a fun. Talk yeah, about, I mean, so, uh, yeah,
2: <laughs> because I'm running a book out of ra- out of Ravening Hordes. Uh, I get to. I don't get very many magic items available for the list. I get the common list, um, which is very strong. Enchanted Shield and the War Banner and Dispel Scrolls are three that stand out. Um, and then I do get some very, very strong magic items. Um, th- other than the Black Gem, there's the Banner of Slavery, uh, which is 50-point magic banner that gives all Orc, Goblin and Hobgoblin units within 12, 12 inches of banner, rerolls on any failed psychology tests. Which means that they re-roll failed panic tests and failed animosity tests, I believe. It depends on the animosity, certainly. Um, but that's very key for my Hobgoblin blobs. Um so yeah, it's it's it, uh, there's and there's a couple of strong defensive magic items um you can combo up. So I am looking to have some quite least quite strong combat heroes in there as well. Even though traditionally I don't think sixth edition was a very hero hammer style
1: of um you know, edition. Janelle, I genuinely can't remember. I did play 6th edition back in the day when I was like 16.
0: I wouldn't know, being the baby of the group, I must admit, I'm probably about five years younger than, the, than you, John, yeah. and Maybe. nearer 10 years younger than James.
2: I mean, granted, when I first played 6th edition, I was running regular dorfs, Um and I eventually ran out of opponents, because my only opponent at the time was my younger brother, And after the 15th time of landing a cannonball on his general necromancer's head,
0: he he rage quit and never played again. To be fair, that was what happened in 8th edition, just play dwarves and you had an immediate face drop of your opponent when they saw what happened to face. (laughs) But John, in 6th edition, cannons didn't automatically
2: hit. You had to guess the range using trigonometry. Which, if you got good at, was
1: not really guessing. No, it was. not <laughs> <laughs> And to it be fair, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and to be fair, to be fair, John,
0: you can just sort of do some crazy physics maths just by looking at a board and going, the wind direction across this board will move my shot three inches to the left because of this exact degree angle.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, no, because everybody deploys twelve inches in because that's the maximum deployment zone. So that means there's only 24 inches between the two armies. And then it's simply a case of A squared plus B squared equals C squared. And therefore, you just take the
1: root of that and oh, jobs are good. Don't shut up, John. I'm not, We're not doing math hammer here. That's just ridiculous. <laughs> That's just... <laughs> no, we're not going that far. I had the option to take a calendar my Dogs of um, list, and I've deliberately chosen not to. I'm taking... Titchy Itchy or Titchy Hoochies, whatever his name is, the silly name they gave him. The the listen men on Titchy Hoochies. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. the models are I mean,
2: I, I do have the option to take um, a full gunline Chaos Dwarf list, and it is kind of tempting. Um, yeah, but then you decided you wanted to Get the friends? Earthshaker Cannon. <laughs> yeah, I, I would like to keep some friends. Because, <laughs> you know, if your opponent turns up and it's like, so what did I play? Well, I've got the Earthshaker Cannon three Death Street rocket launchers, and then my, the rest of my points are spent on Blunderbuss. You're just
0: going <laughs> to... Worth noting, John, James is kindly taking us to this event, and it's a long way back from London if you upset him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the problem is, is, even when those lists they don't win very much either. That's the big issue with those lists because they don't, if your opponent's smart enough, they just sit at the back of the board, minimise the number of points they're going to take off you in the game anyway because there's no point advancing on it. You're just going to get shot off the table. So they don't lose big, but they don't win big either. So, all in all, you just have a bunch of math games for the whole weekend, and, uh, or in this case, the day. Um, and come away thinking like, oh, I wish I'd not bothered. To be honest, because I'm sorry, I still hold this opinion. I mean, this is like four years after the game is dead. Playing sitting back and playing corner hammer is not really playing warhammer.
2: <laughs> no, no, and the, the, this is why I didn't take my uh my artillery line dwarf list. The only reason I've got the models to run it is because of that team event we went to one time, and somebody asked me to play gunline dwarfs. <laughs> I much prefer combat oh, casting events
1: as they were all over it, really. But uh, yeah, there we go. Yeah. So, on a more
2: positive note, I am rapid, eagerly looking forward to the moment that one half of my army fails its animosity rolls because my dwarves will be outnumbered by greenskins at least two to one in the way the list
1: currently works. As, as every good chaos dwarf list should be, you need your uh, guys up front to be sacrificial pawns for the uh, dwarves behind them.
2: <laughs> yep. Yeah, somebody's, somebody's got to, uh, you know...
1: So, hobby-wise, um, I know I'm doing a, well, I say a sort of brand-new army, although I have the stuff for the most part. I've got to get myself a couple of units of light cavalry, which uh, causing me some pain at the moment looking at eBay prices on things like the Desert Dogs and stuff. But um, apart from that, I'm painting up a complete new army for this. I've uh, just finished painting off Lucenza Belladonna. Who's the lovely... I think she was a vampire originally, but she got re-fluffed into a Tillion mage at some point. Um, I've just finished off painting her. Um, I've painted my um, general, who's going to be uh, on a horse with a double-handed sword. And he's the character from Temerkin. What was his name? The evil guy who defected the Empire. Uh oh.
2: Oh um I don't have Tamakan with me. Um yeah I know the one. Yeah
1: anyway he's my um oh, because he's a it's a brilliant little figure. Um took me a long time to paint admittedly, but he's done. So and I've just I I know Sorry, James, I'll say it. I know which model you mean. Is it um, the
0: one who faces Tamerkan Ter- just before they get to the city of Nuln and runs off
1: because he's uh, a bit of a coward when it comes to dying with his men? I can't even remember. His. I know he betrayed the Empire um, and he becomes a mercenary from that. He's got a bald head and a goatee, so naturally he's evil. Um, but he's just a, he's got an awesome model and he's got a really cool sword and his horse has got loads of ornate detail on it. It's a cracking model. I did look it up yesterday, actually, because somebody asked me on the middle hammer page where you could get him from and he is still for sale and he's now thirty-one quid. I mean I, I don't remember paying that much for him but that's a lot of money for him. Um but anyway Just be thankful you're not Australian mate. Uh, yeah indeed. Uh and then today I've nearly finished putting together my um Paymaster's bodyguard which are gonna be a unit of the man's blades from Forgeworld that I brought probably four or five years ago now, for the same purpose. And they've got halberds and shields. and They look like they're wearing heavy armour. And as I'm aware, Games Workshop never made any Paymaster bodyguard models. So I'm um, I'm quite looking forward to painting them, actually. I think they're going to be first on the painting block. But that's where I am. Oh, and I've also assembled two ogres. But I brought the wrong size movement tray for them. So I need to go on to war bases tomorrow and order a new one. Annoyingly. <laughs> so what about... Uh, well, I know John... First John, not John P. No, sorry. Netlist. We call him Netlist. I'm not going to explain that at the time being, but that's what I will refer to him as from now because I'm getting confused between two Johns. So, Netlist. Um, you basically got no hobby for this, have you at all? Uh just a quick thing,
0: actually. Your Empire character is it Leit pulled the Black, just looking at my uh yeah, book. That's the one. Right. Um Yeah, that's it. I have and haven't um it all depends on whether I can find some of the stuff that I've uh, magically hidden away in the attic as you do when you have a hobby crisis and need to make room for other toys that you've built. Like in my case, angry Titans, Japanese for K 47 and what other, everything else I collect. Um, mean I mean, your farmlands. Well, yes, darklands as well. Cause I've got to have a big army for that as you do. Cause you know, hobby ADD, but, uh, at, at the minute, the main thing I've got to possibly make up is some Saurus Cavalry, which I started making some uh, sort of t- in the last year or so of 8th edition where I was converting them using the Saurus Cavalry Riders but using the Dark Elf cold ones because the obese, derpy-looking cold ones to me just look a bit naff, whereas the more sleek Velociraptor ones, just they just looked better. And I've already got a few characters on those ones. And I've got to possibly do some painting up on some Croxigors because I did have three painted, but I can't seem to find the painted ones. But I've managed to find the old versions I've got that are unpainted in several bits. So there will be some hobby from me, but it's probably mostly going to be repairs and a unit or part of a unit in comparison to yourself, James, where you say you're basically painting an entire army from scratch.
1: Yeah, pretty much. I do like those Dark Elf cord ones, they are much nicer than the uh, slightly derpy Lizardmen one, I have to say. Just a bit of trimming to get the uh, Dark elfy bits off and make them a bit more um, Lizardmen, and I think they look great.
0: Yeah, it's essentially just cut the sort of emblems that are on the reins and then just chop the seat up a bit, just because the Lizardmen riders or have their seat on it so it looks like there's sort of a double leather layer that the rider is sitting on and they do mold well and I've, I've got a couple of characters mixed up with a with the rider's body and some temple guard bits so it's obvious who the characters are and it's just having a look at what bits i can find because i know i had full command and something along the lines of eight in total but as i say i moved house since i last ever used them. they've <laughs> As I say, chuck stuff in the attic to get rid- to uh, get space in the hobby room for everything else. So it's a bit of a mining expedition, but should should be put together.
1: No, oh, I bet they'll look good though when they're
0: finished. Yeah, I mean, it's just remembering the paint scheme and then making sure the paints haven't dried
1: out. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, John?
2: Um, well, the first caveat is is I've finally I've got to decide on a list, which will probably not happen until at least February. <laughs>
1: So not before the
2: tournament then, yeah. Because that's about where we... <laughs> yeah. Um, as it stands on my desk right now, I managed to get a second-hand unit of Savage Orcs off of a friend of mine with two-hand weapons. Um, they're fully painted, um, and they're absolutely gorgeous. So they're probably going to stay as is. Um maybe a bit of work on the bases i've got downstairs being built is a unit of black orcs using the new they're the brand new ones um currently sold on the eight for age of sigma as Ard boys for the the iron jaws um they were great they're lovely models nice and yeah. chunky loads of heavy armor
1: and the great weapons um but i was they were the eighth edition um yeah, Black Hawks they just got repackaged yeah. whatever they are in Iron Jaws but they are cracking models. the only
2: problem with them is is in 8th edition and I think even as far back as 7th edition they had the armed to the teeth rule which meant that they effectively had all the upgrades and they chose at the beginning of either the combat or the combat round to have two hand weapons, a great weapon or hand weapon and shield if you bought them the shield.
1: So the box... Yeah, if I remember right, you were stuck with it for the whole um, combat, weren't you? That was the one caveat on it, but super versatile. But the
2: unit itself, the models, don't have enough bits or even correct poses to build all 20 with great weapons or all 20 with hand weapons. Um, so the unit at the minute has both great weapons and shields. So then I can justify modeling some with hand weapon and shield and some with great weapons because of the way you can declare what they're fighting with. So have you decided if you're going
1: four or five wide on that? Yes.
2: Uh, I'm still planning on going five wide on all of my units of 20. Um, if I am going five deep, it will be on the hobgoblins, but they'll be five by five. Um, it does need testing, but I think the five wide is better than the potential extra rank. But I could be very wrong. I could be very, very wrong. You know?
1: I I know it is four in this edition, but for the life of me, I can't remember how good it is or bad it is to go five wide. So it's going to be a bit of a learning curve for us when we get our first games at the end of the month. Um, I suppose in terms of the weapon thing, all you could do is just go with the old front rank or if you're going full wide, because you've only got one model, probably from two ranks as whatever the, the whole unit's armed with. I don't, don't think anybody would care at that point, because it's really obvious what they are. Yeah, they? they're
2: going to be black orcs, and people are going go, oh, God, there's orcs with strength Four, heavy armour and shield, and then probably a great weapon if I fancy it, because all my dwarfs are going to have great weapons. The only other thing I'm worried about getting hold of is I'm playing with the idea of taking a unit of bull centaurs, uh current check on ebay means they're 18 pounds 50 a model for the original games workshop ones i've got two that have been converted for blood bowl so they're probably going to have their main weapons reinstated uh they're probably going to keep the spike shields that they inherited off my corn eight um blood because they're really cool um yeah and cool. i'm toying with the idea of buying some and uh shoot me for this uh third party. Bull centaurs for that have been produced for various fantasy football games over the years. Um, I think I can buy two quite nice ones in resin for eleven pounds, and then convert them appropriately using
1: various chaotic bits. Yeah, I suppose the main problem you run into with the uh, bull centaurs is, although Fort Will make some absolutely beautiful ones, they are ginormous because they're then are they on the what became monstrous cavalry base, which is what seventy-five by. 50 or whatever it is uh, it, yes the, if not big yes, they're on
2: like, like dragon ogre bases they're huge
0: yeah they're the 50 yeah. by 75s
2: in fact in eighth edition i converted some dragon ogres with some spare hats and green stuff beards because it was cheaper to buy two bucks of dragon ogres <laughs> than it was to buy any of the four twop ones
1: Definitely. It's a shame because those four drill models are stunning, but A, I think they're just too big. And B, they probably don't fit that well with the aesthetic of the sort of 90s Chaos Dwarves, do they? So. They do not know. Yeah, they would look a little bit comical
0: trying to put them on a standard cavalry base. They would take some real shenanigans with modelling to be able to I'd, rank them up.
2: I'd have to do them as each model counts as two, you know, and have them on double width cavalry bases and have the miscounts as... Counters. You'd probably be
1: all right with that, but then I'm not quite sure what you do for casualty removal, because um, if I remember rightly this, well, in fact, I don't remember, this has definitely got um, wraparound and stuff like that in it. Yeah. So, actually, moving models from your flanks makes a big difference in this. To, well, I, mean, I assume it makes a big difference, given that that's a special rule that you can have. So, you can't just put a marker on the base and say that I've lost the model, because technically the unit is... 25 mil, I guess over from where it should be. Now whether or not an inch makes a big difference or not I, I don't know and to be honest in the grand scheme of things you could probably take a spare base just to slot in the gap for when one dies anyway but actually to be honest I think I've come round to that idea if you just use them as two two models um, and then just have a spare base that you slot in as of when one half of it dies you might get away with it. I, th-
0: I think the standard practice is and I have done this myself is to email the organiser and see what he says because he's allowed me to use uh, Temple Guard to represent a, a Saurus with a blessing. And given that in this edition, you can't take Temple Guard without a slam in the army, which is not allowed at the points level for the tournament, which we'll get onto in a little bit. It's going to be clear they're going to be equipped exactly the same as my Saurus Warriors, but they just got the uh, plus one armor. Uh, value blessing so it makes it a bit more obvious because i didn't want to be in the position not only for myself but for my opponent if they sort of go oh i want to pick on the weaker unit that's easier to kill and they charge the wrong one and you know it's just like i say just ask the organizer at worst he just says no it might just cause a bit too much confusion
1: uh, it doesn't strike me like i'd have a massive problem with it to be honest um yeah i quite like the idea by the way of using the temple guards the um Upgraded oh, Saurus, I think that'll work really well. What, just out of curiosity, with a plus one armor, what armor save does that make those Saurus? Uh, it makes them four plus because
0: in this edition they come with shield and scaly skin in six plus, so it effectively makes them what they were in uh, eighth edition and I think possibly seventh as well um, for thirty points for the entire units are all in, so it's worth it on a bigger unit yeah I mean I said with uh, yourself and John the other night when we were so, you were sort of saying oh your list is a bit small how good a saurus? and I said well the, I think there was weapon skill 3 strike 4 to 4 two attacks and come fight in two ranks reg- regardless but uh, half attacks for the second rank when they've got spears because of uh, I believe it's predatory fighter so I think they're going to be okay but I just suddenly looked at it and I was very very sad when I realised the blessing moved them from core to special if you take one or rare, if you take two. So I was thinking, oh, that's me having two units of them and core
1: gone out the window. That's a shame. I do remember this being a very, well, I say I do remember. I was like 15 or 16 at the time, so I don't remember that much from it. But I do remember cavalry being super important in this edition as well. So I think it'd be a really nice looking army having lots of Saurus, the mounted ones, and then the, the foot troops. um I take it you're taking skinks as well to back them up. Yeah,
0: but the the core of the list I'm looking at is um, two cavalry characters um, with the equipment's a bit in flux at the minute, so I won't comment on that just now. Uh, two units of ten skink skirmishers, uh, two 14s of saurus with spears as the the more ones I've got modelled up from Eighth Edition. Um, probably around fourteen as a base, but it might go up or go up a little bit depending on what main list i decide to go for um a minimum unit of saurus cav a minimum croxagore unit and the rare slot at the minute i'm tossing it up either three salamanders which on paper they look really good getting an artillery strike of auto hits at strength three minus one to armor and auto panic but because it's uh lizardman i do want to take a bit of jurassic park theme to it and a stegadong looks tasty in this edition just something to run down someone's
1: throat and say come at me bro I remember playing Nick in 7th edition the, um, the salamanders were absolutely terrifying but I've got to be honest one of my, my personal favourite moments of playing 7th edition ever was um, <laughs> having Nick stegadong charge my unit I was playing Two Kings at the time but he, he stegadong charged my block of skeletons Um, which was maybe 20 guys, something like that, in a character. His Stegadon did nothing. Didn't do a single wound. Um, You name it, it failed. It did nothing. Um, I then promptly won on combat resolution, and I think Stegadons are stubborn, aren't they? Either way, Uh, he... uh, Yeah, I believe so. I'm not too sure on the 6th edition book, but they definitely were in 8th. Yeah, picked up his three dice, rolled triple six. At which point, my uh, cousin, this edition, fear if you outnumber, um, yeah, because he suffered from fear because he calls terror. Or did I catch him in the flank? I can't remember. Either way, his uh, Stegodon broke, ran away, and my skeletons ran it down. <laughs> 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 One of my all-time favorite memories of playing. Warhammer have a fancy battle. That was. Yeah, I must have got him in the flank because I can't. I'm sure in this edition that he would have. I would have been suffering from fear but I, oh, I can't remember.
0: I mean, looking at the Stegadon's uh, special rules for 6th edition, it's got terror and stubborn, and it's got a giant bow, and it's skinks can fire javelins in a 360-degree arc with um, poison. So, you know, it's it's not bad. It's just I, I, I lose a lot more spare points if I take the Stegodon. I think I've worked it out that I've got enough for... One upgrade somewhere in and a six cavalry model, whereas I have something like seventy or eighty points if I take the triple salamanders. So, it I think it's one of those. Each has its merits. It just boils down to: Do I want a fourth? No, sorry, a fifth combat unit, which looks cool because who doesn't love a big angry stru- triceratops? Or do I go for the extra shooting to help whittle that things down? But it's more of a risk because it might fail badly when I roll triple misfires and eat all my skinks and run away.
1: Assume you can't take Carnosaurs then.
0: Sadly, not. You have to have either an Old Blood or Croc Gar, and uh, this the event isn't allow, allowing um, Lord choices because of the points value. So I, I would have taken it, which would have meant rebasing either of my Carnosaurs from the old cha- the chariot base
1: onto a fifty by fifty which for the model would just look funny i was going to say i would imagine you've got two of the new ones then not the old ones uh i have got
0: part of one of the old ones lying around um from when i bought a massive block of Lizenman stuff from you i think it was either yourself or one of our other club members when i started playing warhammer but i've got two of the brand new gorgeous looking Carnosaurs. one is croc and one is a generic Saurus character and They're on the as I say they're on the chariot base, which would require me uh, prying them off and sticking them on a fifty by fifty because that was the base of the addition. Which I think the Carnosaurs posed in such a way it's it's easily doable. It's just one of those overhang things that it's probably going to try and grab someone with its hands that's halfway down a unit rather than uh, the nice uh, long chariot base where it's got a bit more of a leeway with that.
2: As a random aside, um. Bit of context for what I'm about to say. Um Nick, as James has already mentioned, used to have a lovely Lizardman list, and the centerpiece to his army was his custom third party carnosaur. Uh affectionately nicknamed Barney because he painted it bright purple. Does anybody know what happened to Barney?
1: <laughs> I'm pretty sure he still got his lizardman because it wasn't worth selling them. Um he never he wouldn't have got anywhere near the money that he wanted for them, so I'm i I'll mess I'll in fact I shall WhatsApp him now uh, but I'm pretty sure he's still got Fair me. enough.
2: I'm, and on the subject of uh, monsters creatures under with characters on, yeah, if if only we were playing two thousand points because the um absolute the flying terror causing monsters are amazing. Um and I can get the um I can use I have the original Great Taurus, uh, the old metal one from the oh, nineteen eighties, and I've also got a third party one in resin uh, with Balrog wings, which is a beautiful, beautiful model. Just a, to...
1: I know you've seen it, but. Sorry, I just how nice was that one done with the new endless spell from AOS that oh, model that was, that was, like put that on, was amazing. Like yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> if 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 only I had the uh, I try to find, I might try and do that myself because that model is fantastic. <laughs>
1: Oh, it's so good at it. It looks... Im- I saw that and I just thought, I, I suspect I'm going to post this up and John will be doing his best to do a copy of it because it looks so Yeah, good. I mean, I already have
2: a beast of Chaos Army for AOS as well, um, so there's no reason not to buy the endless spells.
0: Just magnetise it so it can slot onto two different bases at, and magnetise the rider or something like that, and there no. you go.
2: No, why would I magnetise the rider? Just what lookers people at AOS events are like, dude, why has you got your endless spell with a Chaos Dwarf on top? What Chaos Dwarf? They don't exist anymore. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that would look so
2: good. <laughs> He's part of the spell.
1: <laughs> uh, Nick has sold Barney. I didn't think he had. He got rid of all this lizard,
2: uh, Sad times. Then again, if I remember correctly, that thing was about two and a half, like nearly a kilo of pewter. <laughs> It's <laughs> like 12 inches
0: tall. So if you killed it, he killed you with it. Yeah, pretty much.
2: <laughs> anyway, back on topic. Um yeah, I'm really looking forward to playing some old hammer. Um I've been reading the rules. Um not sure on magic yet, um, but I think psychology and combat res is gonna be more key than actually murdering stuff unless you've got access to like really
0: heavy cavalry. Um Yeah, I've noticed that with Sorry guys, I was saying, I noticed that with magic. I just sort of thought, for the wizards that you've got, unless you all, I'm assuming one of the undead armies where magic is basically the backbone of your army to keep it moving. You can really get away with it at this level because it's only uh, 1,500 points. So your wizards probably aren't going to be getting that much out of themselves in comparison to what they could, have, say, if say you had a level four or three and a couple of little wizards with a scroll caddy, like James is saying, and you're probably not going to, you're probably not going to get the magic dice really, because I, I remember you saying from this edition, you get a dice per wizard level. And would you rather a combat character where outside of things that go out of your control with dice, you you know what it's roughly going to do? Or would you risk the magic and uh, never getting a spell off because you just have one or maybe two dice and, we, as we all know, you can have the easiest roll in the world and just constantly
1: fail it? Well, from memory, I think you get two dice basic, then one dice per wizard level you've got and then for dispel you get one dice basic plus I, I can't remember exactly it's something that well uh, as you can tell we've not played a game yet we're just talking our way through it to get armies ready for the, on the table but um yeah my thoughts are i spent i've spent a whole weekend painting belladonna so i'm using her because i've always loved that model and the model and i've done a really nice paint job on it if i do say so myself um whether she ends up as a level 1 or a level 2, I don't know. My initial thoughts were I would take her just with Law of Fire and just run around throwing fireballs at people. Because if I remember rightly, it's still D6 straight 4 hits, which is not pants, but eh, you never know. If I roll something more useful, I might go for that. I, I Personally, I wish Law of Metal was better. Um, I suppose it's because I played a lot of 8th edition and in... in 8th edition, Law of Metal was just like, if you didn't know what you were going to take, then that was always a good default, because it helped you deal with heavy armour, which you just, it doesn't seem to do that at the moment in 6th in edition, so. The, the one thing I will say is, you are both aware that they got errata in the 2004 compendium, which I think was the last errata that they did on it, um... I know that Heaven's got erasted in there because I looked at it and went, oh, Comic can got dirt. What a surprise, because I remember that spell being absolute filth.
0: <laughs> yeah, I am aware it's one of those things. I'm trying to read through the rules at the minute just so I can familiarise myself with them before then looking at any FAQs to understand in the context of the rules changed, why has it been changed? Because there's no point reading the FAQ before you understand the main rule itself. I haven't
2: checked out the new Magic FAQ yet. I think I do have Compendium 2004 in hard copy somewhere. Um, but I know...
1: I've got it if you don't, John, because I had to buy it for the Dubs of War. So
2: uh, Fair enough. But I know, speaking of FAQs, um, specifically for the Chaos Dwarves, they got hit fairly heavily. Not nerf bat-wise, it's actually just clarifications. Um, because the rules written in Revening Hordes weren't comprehensive enough. Um, so I've been emailed something by the TO, which is like a compiled sixth edition FAQ, uh, that tells me to use the Orc Goblin book instead of what's written in Ravening Hordes for my Orcs, um, applies the animosity rules from that book to my Orcs, and also clarifies how the Blunderbuss work. Um, and I can't wait to shoot something with Blunderbuss, um, because it's a 12-inch corridor and everything in it Gets hit on a four plus. Doesn't matter if you're a character in a unit or if your skink's hiding in a swamp, the only protection is to be either in a building or behind
1: a hill. That's it. <laughs> yeah, I remember that being particularly brutal when I played them in the sixth edition, so not looking forward to that, I have to say.
2: <laughs> I'm just waiting for them to, they're, 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 they're going to do one or two things. I'm taking, a, at the minute, I'm taking 15, so I can take three ranks of five um and they're going to do one of two things they're either going to get charged break and die or they're just going to delete units um i'm tempted to give them a musician as the only command you know meant part of a command group um so i can try and have them like 10 or 15 wide at the start of the game to give me this massive fire corridor at low strength and then reform into a higher strength, um, narrower frontage. But if I remember correctly, moving units around like that got a lot easier towards 8th edition than it was at the start, so I need to have a look at that.
1: Yeah, I think we're going to have to do a lot of uh, referring back to the rulebook for our first few games to make sure that we get the rules right, I have to say, because I think there's going to be a lot of getting confused with 8th edition going on.
2: It's not getting confused with Age of Sigma.
1: <laughs> I
2: somehow doubt that's going to happen. <laughs> hey! if if I try and summon the purple sun of Zerius that I actually have the model for now with my Chaos Dwarf Sorcerer you guys need to shut me down <laughs>
0: <laughs> think a simple cl- case of slap you with the rule book and say read this book not the four pages or, or, or sorry the eight
1: pages book this is what we're playing today <laughs> oh dear right um, I don't know about you guys but I think we've pretty much covered off everything I thought we'd cover off in our first episode so uh, I think it's possibly time to call it a wrap. Uh,
0: the only thing I thought we could probably just quickly put in is a bit of context, obviously. Is we've mentioned the tournament, and I think it's worth putting it in for this cast, and we'll probably go into a bit more detail with it as we uh, get closer or, or in the first main episode. But it's um, it's on Facebook. It's called Bring Back Sixth. Um, I'm not too sure if there are any spaces of currently, but it's running on the 2nd of March next year and it's a 1,500-point event. Um, it's been run at the Baptist Church in Springfield Gardens, Upminster, London, and I'm sure we'll find some way of putting in the links appropriately to, uh, in the in the description. But this well, is, we could try. But the rules... Oh, sorry, the uh, TO has done a really good thing of saying, look, this is what we're doing. Here's the FAQs and all that compiled into a night no, nice drop box for everyone and he's very good at getting back to you if you've got questions and he's he had he has done a nice little uh to pack which is just saying this is what we want to do and he has said if he if this goes well he'll run more events of it and you never know the the carnosaur may see battle in
1: the future well, I have to say, I know at um, our local gaming club, which is in, uh, is with Bedworth, um, just outside of Coventry. If any of you are sort of uh, from that area, um, I posted this up on our WhatsApp group and uh, two or three people that I know are putting together armies now and have asked me for where they can get the rules from and stuff like that. So I think um, it's a bit of a square base, so you never know. We might be running a tournament at, uh, towards the end of next year if uh, all goes well and we're still playing and still enjoying it. So.
0: Yeah, it's just one of them finding an event set, that uh, spot we can put it in, considering we've probably got what six events already planned for next year and no doubt four more once
1: they've been run from this year. Uh, yeah, no doubt. We're going to have a couple to finish off this year, and then it'll be uh, straight back into next year's events list, which I, actually, I need, to, to be honest, I need to get that booked on the calendar now and get that all that sorted. So, um, yeah. Well, I think that's going to be the end of our first podcast. I hope you've enjoyed listening to it. We haven't rambled too much, because I realise this has been a bit um, unstructured, shall we say, to begin with, but that's because I thought we'd just... Uh, give this a go, see if it's a good listen, and if people want to continue, well, it doesn't really matter because we're going to keep doing it anyway. <laughs> um, so what I'll do is I'll sign off here, and I'll let the guys sign off, and um, yeah, we'll see you next time. So that's goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me. <laughs>